Welcome to Manny Talks. My name is Manny De La Cruz, and I am thrilled that you have taken some time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I am definitely looking forward to you providing your feedback. If you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, look, you have the power to leave your comments in the form of actual written comments. And this way, folks that are trying to find this information or who happen to stumble across this podcast can read firsthand what you think about this podcast. If you're listening in some other platform, you can always either send me a voice message through the uh, anchor link that's provided as part of the show notes, or look, I promote this uh, podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you name it, it's out there, Twitter. And so if you happen to have stumbled across this podcast because of one of those posts, do me a huge favor, go back to that posting and leave your comments. Same thing, look, this is done out of a desire to help folks like yourself navigate your STEM careers, whether it's as a student or whether a co-op intern or even as a young professional. And even if you stumbled upon this as a business or a computer science major, look, a lot of this information pertains to you as well. And I would be more than thrilled to, uh, to help you out with any questions and concerns that you might have. These conversations, when folks hear about this project and they decide to either provide their stories in, in, uh, and be a guest on the show, they do it because they also want to help you. So look, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for pressing play. And I hope that you get as much out of this conversation as I got out of making it. Thank you. It is time for this week's shout outs. If you want to be featured as a shout out on this show, make sure you post something interesting. Follow Manny Talks on Instagram. I'll go ahead and look through my posts. Also follow me on LinkedIn and whatever catches my attention. That's what we'll give a shout out to. Now for today's shout outs. This first shout out goes out to Amanda Nachman. She is the founder and CEO of College Magazine. Uh, on the 21st, at least, February 21st, she posted her uh, TEDx talk that she did at Santa Catalina School, and it's called Qualified. It's a great uh, presentation that uh, I think is relative to this group, and really we call it an imposter syndrome. And um, at least that's kind of the, the, the spin, in my opinion, that the conversation took. But Amanda, congrats on being a TEDx speaker. Make sure you look up that TEDx talk. It's called You Are More Qualified Than You Realize by Amanda Nachman. And that's available right now on uh, YouTube for you to look at or at the TEDx site. This next shout out goes on, goes out to region three for having had your RLDC in Albuquerque this past week. And it was cool to watch you all post and congratulations to uh, the University of New Mexico and that uh, NMT ship team for having put together 
the another RLDC for another region. Last week I talked about the fun I had at RLDC 5 and looking at the postings around RLDC 3, I can tell that a lot of fun was had and you guys actually had a dance party so that was cool to see. This next shout out goes out to the NSB chapter ODU. I'm seeing here that your junior chapter accomplished something huge and you guys actually held elections. So congratulations to that Nesby uh, chapter as well as that Nesby junior chapter for now having a, uh, a board, an e-board. So looking forward to see what you all accomplished the rest of this year. And last shout out for today goes to Nesby's Houston professional chapter. Now I saw that they posted on their Instagram, a, they offered a class called Real Estate 101 for Engineers. Are you looking to invest or buy? Really awesome to see these professional engineering organizations promote and support uh, professionals and some of their side gigs. So that was a uh, pretty, pretty cool to see a, an engineering group kind of expand other than the normal or, or what might seem to be the traditional normal professional development uh, series types classes. So props to the Nesby Houston professional chapter. And uh, that's it for this week. So how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Excited with the whole RLDC thing. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. First right. year in Louisiana. So we are here today with uh, Powerhouse. I'm just going to call it uh, Ship Royalty. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> Thank you. We'll take it. <laughs> with uh, Fernando and, and Brianne. So um, first of all, guys, thanks for making yourself available. I know it's hard for you to tell me no when we're like face to face here at REL. I'm trying to run away and you're coming back with me a backpack. I mean, how do I say no? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, but I, I, I follow y'all for sure, right? Follow you, your story, getting involved with SHIP, seeing the passion projects that you each have. And I want to make sure that we don't forget that because mm -hmm. I have a feeling uh, we were talking about this just before we hit record that more than likely this one will go long <laughs> and we're both okay. We're all three of us are okay with that, but I also want to make sure that we are mindful about talking about your individual projects too. Okay? Appreciate that. So yeah, keep me honest. You. And you make sure you have at some point time to talk about your thing and and be the uh, the same. So very basic. Let's start with introductions, right? And and Fernando, I'll let you go first. Kind of tell me who you are and what you're doing. So like I said, my name is Fernando uh, Ceballos. I am a civil engineer by profession. I work in the real estate world of the civil engineering industry. Uh, I work in land development. So essentially, what that is is. I work with developers and different property owners and cities of uh, developing a piece of property. And so we take a raw piece of property and we build stuff on it. That could be residential homes, that could be commercial property, or it can be transportation projects. Uh, on the side, some of my passion projects, uh, like you mentioned, are very, very focused on developing the Hispanic community. I see a lot of big need for that. You know, growing up, first generation American, first generation college grad, there's so many things that I wish I would have known as a kid. There's so many things I wish I would have known when I was in high school and in college. And so I see a great opportunity. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of blessings and giving scholarships and finding mentors in my life. But I just want to go back and share it. And so some of the, my passion projects like I mentioned are having my podcast. And uh, the work that I do with CHIP is very aimed at helping and ensuring that, you know, people who are coming up are actually getting the help that they need. Yeah. And I was hoping you were going to give us the Minecraft analogy because I did hear you talk about that one before. Where you, one. Yeah. where you talk uh, with uh, with uh, young minds and young students. And I don't know, I'm a kid. Yeah, so like for... For the whole Minecraft thing, I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners know what Minecraft is, but I tell uh, I usually tell people for, for the sake of what I'm doing is I play Minecraft for a living. 
I just happened to play use different software uh, instead instead of uh, instead of Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty good. Awesome. Thank you. How about you, Rand? Go ahead and tell sure. us. Sure. Um, so I'll try to keep it short and sweet. I get long winded as as we were talking about earlier. Uh, but for me, I guess uh, my name is Brianne. Brianne C. Martin. C stands for Celeste. Since to be Ceballos. Oh goodness. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> Um, but I am a fourth generation Tejana. Um, I always joke and say like the border crossed my family. We didn't cross the border. Um, and even that they say, well, what kind of Hispanic, you know, Spanish or Mexican American. I'm like, well, essentially I'm kind of the, the old school definition of a mestizo, right? We're kind of a good mix of everything, uh, which I love, um, uh, about just my culture. So I'm, I'm very Americanized. Um, I was raised by a single mother. I'm the oldest of three. So I definitely have the oldest child syndrome, <laughs> Um, I've been actually fun fact growing up on stage singing since I was three years old. Um, so I'm very much prone. I love talking, being on stage, performing, um, kind of being that life of energy to connect with people. Um, from there, actually, I was really inclined by math and science. Uh, it was the one thing that was really difficult for me, challenged me that sense of accomplishment, uh, you know, was just unparalleled compared to anything else. My mom really helped me just pursue questioning and being curious and asking and wanting to find out more about the world around me uh, with limitless expectations. Yeah. So even when we were younger, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, well, I want to help people. I want to be a doctor. But I, I love teaching and like learning stuff. So I want to be a teacher. And, but I love photography and I love being singing. So I, I want to be a famous singer and like travel the world and take, you know, pictures. So I still remember my mom and my grandma, I call her my momo, would sit me down at the kitchen table and be like, you know, go to doctor school because, you know, yeah, that, take, that, that takes the longest. Um, be a doctor. And then Monday through Friday, you, you know, be a doctor and help people save lives. You know, then on Friday and Saturday, you do your gigs. And then when you travel the world on your vacations and you help other people around the world with your doctor degree, you can take pictures and then you can teach people about all the places and cultures you learn. So I just grew up with this limitless mindset of, oh, I can make it work. You know, anything is possible. Um, so, so much so that when I took a, when I went to school in high school, I actually moved out of Texas and my mom really encouraged me to take a hand instrument drafting class. It blew my mind. I can't draw stick figures to draw my, to save my life, but I could draw an isometric view of a three dimensional thing with a hole in it. <laughs> so it was just like, oh my God, well, what can I do this to do the rest of my life? And that's how I got introduced to mechanical engineering. So I was curious about, you know, chairs and how it has leather and cloth, but you know, buttons that hold it together with the metal parts. Um, and so I was just kind of inclined to go into manufacturing. So a little bit about my background is I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. Uh, but as of 2020, I've been in manufacturing for the last 10 years. I started internships since I was 19 and worked on helicopter repairs, pressure vessel uh, designs, uh, then went into tooling engineering for an aerospace company, went into liaison engineering, uh, customer account manager overseeing Africa, Middle East, Southwest Asia, and India, traveling the world at 25, um, starting my own consulting firm when I got laid off, then going into automotive manufacturing, and then now recently going into the nonprofit world, um, helping essentially kind of the design of new ideas and new technologies, ways of learning, um, to actually implement it onto, quote unquote, our assembly lines of all of our chapters throughout the nation. So again, I talk about that limitless cause I just see so much opportunity anywhere, everywhere. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So tell us again, tell us about, not again, but tell us about your project cause you have your own uh, project and brand that you're working. So let's, yeah. might as well do it on the front. Yeah, well, well, for back sure. End, and we'll even get to, you know, how that's how Fernando and I actually met. He found my, me online, uh, two weeks after I launched my personal brand, I just did a bio sketch and a quick description of me and my life on a you know page and a half. 
um, and explain kind of everything I'd been through and how, what I was working on in the future. And so, yeah, so I created my name of the people engineer because it just kind of naturally happened. I was solving people problems and working with people, um, which I love. And uh, yeah, so I've it started as, again, just a personal brand, sharing my life, making myself known and people aware that what I was doing and how I was passionate about helping others, um, then turned into um, a YouTube channel that then grew into my Instagram. I didn't have, I couldn't keep up a blog. So I'm like, I'll just do microblogging, you know, it's little pictures with the descriptions um, to then now a full-blown podcast where I focus on life, career, and growth. Yeah. So look, and that was the, the, the tie, I guess I knew you, I knew you. I knew Fernando. I met him when he was a student. And yeah. I remember briefly, uh, I had just, I was still pretty, I say fairly early in my, in my career. And, and, and so we met then, but I think I didn't meet you till last year Yeah, as actually part of, you know, a contact person for ExxonMobil, you know, or someone that I, that, that I used as a ship contact. Right. Yeah. And then from there, what's funny is, and, and, and I think this is key to share was I ended up get going down the, the, the whole, prior to this of wanting to do a podcast and I shared this with her yesterday. I don't think I did with you, Fernando was it was uh, the interview that you did uh, with Daniel Botero Mm -hmm. on mastering college to career that I'm like, Holy smokes. This is why I want to, this is why I just got to do it. Right. This is why it's stories. It's people sharing their stories and putting it out there for someone to hear. And then that put me down a rabbit hole. And I think afterwards is when I saw that you were, you were doing one too. Mm -hmm. I found, I found that, uh again it wasn't like that's how we met it was just behind the scenes certain things were happening and going on and then come to find out like there's other people in ship that are also involved that have their own projects as well so i don't it's just a testament to uh although they're all different i think uh what i do versus what fernando does versus what 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 you debris are are maybe some parts are similar but they definitely have Different a, angles a, for a sure. Bit of different angle, right? So yeah, hey, for sure. d- dealer's choice. Right? But I think <laughs> yeah. but I think we all do it coming from from the same place. So you guys just went through this narrative of, of what you guys have going on and a plot twist in case I didn't know, hey, you guys are together. Right? Yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> right. So let's uh, let's kind of unravel that story a little bit. Uh you said hey, you had met, but let's talk about the meeting meeting, right? Like how what was that like? How far does it go? And then let's start blending that into uh, what it, what it's like now that you are professionals. Sure. So I'll let Fernando tell the story because I love how he tells it. Oh, no. <laughs> once upon a time. No pressure. Once oh, upon man. a time. Oh, man. So once upon a time, I was. So let's see. This is back in 2015. Uh, we are ramping up. I've been a member of SHIP for, I want to say, six months. A little bit over that. And we're preparing for NILA, which is one of our major conferences, uh, you know, to, for the organization, for, chapter uh, for, the, for the chapter leaders. And so I am a representative of the Houston Professional Chapter, and uh, Brianne happens to be the regional vice president at the time. And so she's starting to, you know, reach out to certain people. And uh, at the time, I had just made my LinkedIn for account, and so she starts popping up as suggested connections. I'm like, okay, cool. So I find her account, and I read through her bio, and then for whatever reason, she had to put her website up there. So I click on the website. And I started reading all, the, all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, like this girl's been through a lot of stuff. Um, and then this, the two thoughts that came to mind was, one was, I want one of those. Yeah, I want one of those. I and two yeah. was, um, <laughs> I wish I was man enough to love someone like her yeah. because she's been through so much, right? And I think for someone who, you know, comes from a very Hispanic background, uh, the things that women go through, it's, it's not easy uh, to be that emotional um, stability, if you will. 
for someone who's been through what she's been through, right? And so I remember thinking those two things. Uh, and then she reached out to me on Facebook, and uh, I had a very failed attempt at trying to flirt with her on <laughs> on Facebook uh, Messenger. It didn't really work out. Uh, she was just, yeah, anyways, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And then no, I met, no, we're not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, was, I was just a bit oblivious. <laughs> well, Brienne's like a very, like, she has a very bubbly personality, and so mm. she, she likes to chat with people, right? Yeah. And she doesn't get it, but she's very flirty. Okay. But she like that's just her personality. And just friendly, right? Yeah, but then taking us And for me, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I I can spit it back. Well, I, I wasn't spitting shit. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't really come back. She was like, hey, I'll see you. In, I'll see you at the conference. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then I was trying to like segment yeah, out, schedule s- schedule my uh, my arrival with her arrival, so we can schedule an Uber together, and I can kind of get her to know her. You put some effort. Bro. I was putting some did. effort. Okay. And, and I was just like, no, it's fine. Like, I'll just meet you at the hotel. It's not a big deal. Well, I, I mean, like, I already sure, okay. no clue. <laughs> well, anyways, we get to the conference and everyone's doing their own thing. And then we uh, we go out dancing the last night. And I'm the only one who's on a two-step. And so they start playing country music. I start buying her drinks and one thing leads to another. Uh, we ended up, like, after that, I mean, the group of ship members go to eat. And then they go to the hotel. Well, we get to the hotel around three or four. We continue to talk until 11 in the morning the following day in the lobby in the lobby go get food come back and so we have a long 13 14 hour conversation um so that's like day four of me meeting her a week later i go visit her and we become boyfriend girlfriend and it's been four and a half years since so i've been dating brianne a week more than i've known her in my life Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what I heard there was the two step that started this whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Which is crazy because like, and we can get into this later, but dancing for me helped me get out of my my uh, bubble, right? So you know, growing up, I always had this this thing when I was a kid. Uh, my family would go to quinceañeras and weddings, and there would be a little gordito who was dancing. People were just talking shit about him. So I never wanted to be that kid, yeah. and so I never wanted to dance. And then the older I got, the more comfortable I got being the only couple, the only person dancing on the dance floor. And for whatever reason, that also helped me in my public speaking abilities because I was comfortable having the attention on me. And so we can go more into that. But it's crazy how like that own self-discovery of going through it led me to someone who enjoys dancing as much as she does. It's like that classic, like getting outside your comfort zone and like growing in those instances. Right. So, yeah. For okay. Sure. And even that, I mean, like, and you know, we talked talk, talk to you about it obviously this weekend, but it was something that it was kind of like the stars aligned because, um, you know, Fernando and I, again, we kind of came to the point of where we were at the next level for both of us. So like he was saying, like dancing, he had just started getting dancing into, you know, going out with his friends and like they had a whole group that would go out together. Um, and for me, I was kind of like, OK, I'm done. You know, I was so like obsessed with my career and I had gotten to a really unhealthy place um, of even just drinking like way too much. I was just kind of like finding ways to keep myself distracted from like the internal personal development I needed to do. Um, and so as Fernando mentioned, like I'd been through a lot of shit. So like I was suffering from anxiety and and depression. And quite frankly, I have what's called like hyperactive depression where I can't just sit still. So I keep busy. And in the world today in society, like that's amazing. Oh, look at Brianne go. She's doing all the things, but like nobody stops to realize like, oh, she's like running herself into the ground because she's like not okay with herself. And so I was just striving for more and more accolades and more accomplishments and more awards. Um, and it was just something where I was like, no, you know what? Like, I'm just going to dedicate my time to like giving back to like, you know, I'm, I'm good enough now to be a leader. And that was a huge thing for me, you know? So he says dancing for him and for me, just like taking on the role and owning, like I can do this, you know, and yeah. I, I, I have that opportunity to serve. 
And so it was interesting because then that started the conversation of, again, this 15 hour conversation because I, we were sharing, man, I was broken and I was on the floor and like, this is, this is my way back up. And it was like, dude, I, like, I feel that I can help you. Like, you know, I, I see it in you, you know, just that sense of like, like I'm rooting for you. Right. And so that really just kind of launched our life partnership, you know, rather than just a, oh, I need you to make me happy. You complete me. No, like I want to be there to root you and encourage you and support you because like, I need that for you, for me as well. And I think you hit on something key that we're going to come back to where you called it a partnership. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm notorious for giving the punchline away, right? There's always an underlying <laughs> message in my head, but uh, you know, Hey, there's the punchline, you know, episode over, like it's a, a partnership, but no, we're not going to, we're not going to end there, but I want to now start talking about, um, you know, the real aspects of it. Like, you know, both of you are very open a, a, about, about your growth, right? Professionally, and then balancing also individual careers, right? But also balancing your own personal development that has to occur, right? So right. let's start, let's start talking a little bit about that. Uh, what has it been like to juggle a dual career uh, relationship? Yeah, for me, I, I say like, it wasn't easy. <laughs> our, our first year and a half of our relationship was very trying. Um, again, a lot of people just saw like, oh, look at them go again, you know, the ship couple or whatever. Um, but it was very difficult uh, for Nando actually move cities for me, which was something I would have never asked, but it just kind of aligned and worked out. And I'm super grateful and tell him all the time that he made that you know sacrifice for me. Um, it ended up being good for his career, um, but it was just really interesting how it all aligned. So he, again, changed cities for, with, for me within four months of us dating. Um, so that was huge. Um, and then I ended up getting laid off. I want to say, what, three months later? Yeah. Two months later? Um, so it was that we were just getting used to living together. We were just like, you know, getting into a groove and then I got laid off and it had always been my dream to travel the world. Oh, it was a year later. Sorry. I had just, started, year, yeah, sorry. it was a whole so, year later. Okay. Sorry. I was like, I didn't think it was that fast. It was December, but it was, right, but it was the following year. Yeah. So again, a year later, so we were just getting in the groove of stuff. I get laid off and that could, you know, be detrimental to any marriage. You know what I mean? Like just losing your job and half the, the, you know, the income was, was really rough. Um, but then we actually had the opportunity to take a trip at the time. And I was really like doing the self-reflection of well, what do I want to do? And it had always been my dream to own my own consulting firm. And so that entrepreneurial venture was, was really hard on us. I was still very much, um, I guess the typical, I want to say Hispanic, a very, uh, secretive about my finances. And it was, you know, my like dirty laundry. I didn't want to show or it was my personal thing. Um, whereas Fernando grew up, you know, um, as a bare minimum at the you know, poverty line. So his security was on making sure that there was funds and the savings and where are we at? And it was very much like, well, I'll just pay my half. Like, don't worry about it. You know, so learning that communication and like what was important for me of my independence, but his importance of I need to know we have financially, you know, financial security. Uh, so that took a really huge strain as well as it was really hard for him to accept that I was, you know, out living my dream when he was feeling kind of stunted at the time. So even that own kind of, we were pushing our own insecurities on each other in that reflection um, to then even that same year, he was studying for his PE exam. And yeah, that was a huge strain. You know, we had to sit down, have very serious conversations, tears in our eyes of like, I love you, but like, you cannot be my priority right now. Yeah. And yeah, that was kind of hard, but I appreciated the fact that we were so honest and open um, and it was very rough. Again, you know, I feel like we pulled our hearts open um, and wore our hearts on our sleeve, but we had to be real with each other. And so then those moments, you know, as you know, right, being married, but those tough times like really pushed us through, like, if we're going to go through all of this, like, 
we can keep, we can keep moving forward. So overlay for me, Fernando. So you're right. She just kind of talked about a period in y'all's life mm-hmm. where you're making this move and, and she's getting laid off and you're, and you're trying to study for your PE. And I kind of, you know, did a very quick summary there, but I want to hear like, what was, what was going on in your head? Like, what was your, right? How were you processing all the, all that, all that event? Like as, as it all going down, I'm thinking I have to take care of three different families on one salary, right? So uh, she talks about like the whole financial um, independence or I guess financial security. And so as, as she's, this is going through and she gets laid off uh, and I'm asking her the questions like, hey, you know, are we going to be okay? She just says, I, I got my half. And I'm more on the side of like, can you please show me you got your half? Like, I trust you, but I need you, I need you to show me. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to show you my numbers. I'm like, I just need to know how much money you have so that I can know that we're okay. And for me, it wasn't even about, like, me wanting her to show me her how much money she had, but it was about risk mitigation. Because me as the man, as the man, this is what, what I think about, is if she can't cover her half, I need to make sure that three months from now when she doesn't have any more money, I can step in and step in for the both of us, right? So I can take care of us. But I just don't want a surprise to come up and be like, hey, I can't pay the rent next month, right? I've, I've been asking for the last couple of months. And so that wasn't the case at all. Right. But it was just more of my, my own issues, being able, not being able to know for a fact that that was going on. Uh, and then the third family that I was talking about was me helping out my mom. At the time, I, I was giving her money. Um, she was in a really good place financially. And so I still give her money here and there. But there's a different uh, strategy that I have now that I can talk about more in a little bit. But as far as like uh, like the whole PE test, you know, I took the test twice. I failed the test the first time by by one question with a 69. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a huge hit, like in my ego, um, just the, all the constant reminders of like me not being good enough at taking tests, being dyslexic, all these different insecurities came through. Uh, but as we were going through through all of this, like Brianne wanted to spend time with me. You know, she had her business. Um, and so I was really pushing to, uh, pushing her to saying like, hey, what you do today? Show me you're doing, making progress. Show me you're making money. And she's like, bro, like, let me breathe, you know. But again, it was just my own insecurities of, of not knowing that. Like, is she doing enough to, to really start making money? And if I can help her, let me help her. Uh, but again, that's, that is what it is. But from the standpoint of the priority set, uh, side, you know, she wanted to spend time with me because she had the time or she wanted to spend time with me because she loves me. And I would tell her like, hey, you need to leave me alone because I got to study. And so I w- we would go out to dinner. We would go out to do all these different things. And then I would come back home and I would start studying. And she was still not happy. And she was still not happy. And so we got to a point where like, she's like, you're just not showing me that you love me. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm taking you out to dinner every single night. I'm putting my financial goals on on, on the hold. I'm, I'm buying you these different things, like gift here and gift there. Um, like, what else do you want me to do for you? And she's like, what do you mean you're showing me? You just, we're just having dinner. And so, like, that was a huge aha moment for me about the whole, like, love languages, right? Yeah. I thought I was sacrificing my own goals for investing my money for dinner for her. She just saw it as we are just doing a task, right? And so, like, that was a big epiphany for me to realize you know, I wasn't showing her love the way she wanted to be loved. And then she wasn't loving me the way I wanted to be loved. And so that was kind of all the different things that was going on at the same time on top of the stress of like, well, if I don't pass my test a second time, am I going to get fired? Am I not going to move forward? Uh, those are kind of the things that I was thinking about. Okay. And like, so for you, I kind of want to ask you, right? So at those moments when you're trying to start your business, yeah. right? And you're doing your thing and he's asking you for like, like what steps are you taking and so on? How are you like in hindsight or how are you interpreting that at that time? Oh, yeah, I can easily tell you. I mean, like for me, it was like that he didn't trust me um, as being, you know, just a woman engineer in general. 
I'm questioned all the time, like, well, why? Well, explain yourself. And for me, like, I'm a very quick start. And even this, like, the type of personality with all the assessments, you know, I highly encourage anyone to do the more assessments you learn about yourself that totally makes sense when you read it. But it allows you, to Fernando's point, like, to understand, like, your perception compared to other perceptions, right? So for me, I'm a quick start, which just means, like, I just need the bare minimum. Give me the requirements. Give me, like, the resources, and I make it happen. You know, I'm a very, like, agile person. Um, whereas, you know, Fernando's very conscientious. Like, obviously, he's a great civil engineer. He has a plan. He has a long-term goals and milestones all planned out before he even takes his first step. Um, and that's just, again, opposites attract. But in that way, as it was really hard for me as my business, it's all like, oh, I'm going out. I'm getting market research. I'm testing. I'm, you know, doing a prototype. I'm getting feedback on these things. So I'm not going to make money right now. I'm just figuring out what my quote-unquote product or service is. Um, and the whole time, like for me, again, I had a severance package. I was fine. Um, and to me, I'm, I'm so independent of as long as I cover my half, I'm good. So again, while he was like, no, but where are we at for four months from now? I'm like, until I get to month one where I'm like, oh, it's starting to look a little thin to me in my head, I'll get a part time job. I don't it's not above me to work at a grocery store just to make sure I can cover my half. But again, we hadn't gotten to those details because I didn't feel I needed to explain myself to anyone. Yeah. Um, and so, again, this life partnership now it has obviously grown, but I didn't ever I didn't know how to be a partner. Hell, I didn't know how to be a good friend you know, at that point. So in this thing, or like, I finally have my chance, I can do what I want, you know, and, and really just take off. I felt like, you know, my wings were being held at the same time. And so it was like this frustrating thing of like, God, like, you know, this person that loved me and encouraged me was all about my dreams is like, you know, shitting on me now. Like it was just this, this frustration of this go give, go give. And, um, it was, it was really hard for me. Like I said, I had to feel like I'd explain myself and, you know, like and I, we would even get mad and we have trigger words now if I would say like, you're not my dad, like stop trying to parent me, you know, because he would come home, well, show me your progress. Like I felt like, show me your report card. Like, where are you at? You know, and I would say, okay, well, this is kind of my plan. And even asking for feedback, he's like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. This is what you should be doing. I'm like, hell with you. This is my project. Like, yeah. this is my <laughs> thing, you know? So it, it, it caused a lot of animosity. Um, and a lot of frustration on both of our sides. But again, like in hindsight, it was our own insecurities projecting on each other. All right. So how did y'all get past that? <laughs> uh, it's like it's like a it's like a loaded question, right? No, it's yeah. we're very honest about it. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's a different answer in Brienne's head. Um, but for me, it was I just I just let her be her, right? Uh, you know, we we heard Will Smith say this a few few years ago. At this point, I think mm-hmm. uh, he said, you know, me and Jada, Jada's his wife. Uh, you know, we choose to be together. Um, my happiness is not her responsibility and her happiness is not my responsibility. We are two individuals in this world choosing to be happy on our own who happen to live together, right? And I think that was something that we really started embodying in our relationship and our partnership. And I kind of just let her do what she needed to do. And I just kind of got out of the way. Um, if she needed my help, I would step in. Uh, it's crazy to think like, if we were to look at all the different fights and arguments that we've had, I want to say 75% of them have been about shit. Have <laughs> yeah. been about like the way we go about uh, wanting to change the world, the way we go about programming, the way we go about different things is because I'm different than the way she does it. And so in hindsight, as far as like her business goes, I wish I would have been able to been there for her when she started because who knows where we'd be now. Um, if I were to just say, you know what, if you need help, this is what I can offer. And if you want me to offer that assistance, please let me know. Versus just saying, hey, there's just so much potential and I'm really excited. I want to see you get going. So I'm going to give you all this help. She wasn't asking for it. Yeah. Right. And so I think I was I was trying to somewhat live through her also vicariously 
And so I was trying to you know, help her get going, but I wasn't really helping. I was just doing more damage than good. Uh, so I kind of I wish that I would have just given her a chance to just be herself um, and then ask me for help whenever she needed it, if she needed it. Yeah. What? And I think from my side, again, like, uh, and again, that's in hindsight, I think, but the way that we like tactically actually got through it um, was a lot of pain. Uh, yeah. You know, Fernando and I would like yell and scream at the top of our lungs and red in the face and like tears running down our face. And like, I'm not done yet. Like, I'm not done yet. Like, let me finish. And I mean, it was just this back and, and we're both alphas. So learning that the hard way was was rough. And then finally, like it hit me one day where I was again, I just felt so broken and defeated. And he came home. And again, we were kind of like this. We already knew we'd start picking at each other. Right. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to listen. Like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let him finish. And it almost caught him off guard because he already knew like, oh, if I say this or a certain thing, like I'm going to get a response. And I just didn't respond. Um, and I get emotional just thinking about it because I'm like, I'm just done. Like, obviously, this isn't working. Um, and as we all know, right, the smart the saying is if you do the same thing and expect different results, it gets insanity. And that's yeah. literally how I felt. Um, and so he just kept going. And then obviously his voice started getting calmer and he, you know, he kept talking. But then it then it became a lot more like a conversation than like a screaming match. And then he's like, well, why aren't you saying anything? And I just said, like, I feel like, you know, I give so much emotion and we're so invested in this. And like me fighting you obviously isn't working. So maybe I just need to hear. Maybe I just need to shut like shut up and just listen. And so he would say, well, this is how I'm feeling. And this is what when you say these things or when you do these things, like this is how it makes me feel. And so then like that one conversation, I'll still see it in my head, like in our apartment in Denton, you know, like sitting in our office areas because we had two desks and like that's where we went to town and, you know, did all the things. Um, but we were just sitting there and, and he was, I was like, wow, this is so different, right? Like I, we, we were so busy fighting over the nonsense. We never got down to the root of it. And so that vulnerability really came out. And then from then on, like, you know, if I was frustrated or mad, I would like write him a note right at home by myself. And I would write him like this two, three pages worth of stuff. This is what I'm feeling. I hate when you do this. It pisses me off. And I would just give him the letter. I'm like, you don't have to reply, but if you want to, like we can talk or you can write back or whatever. And he would read it. And then like we would have a conversation about it later and he would, you know, come with notes or when you said this and this is what me think of. And I'm like, well, did you even read further down? Because this is what I got to. So we just learning and trying different ways to communicate because we were really invested in making it work. And the more that, again, like I say, I felt like the shell of, of us started opening. It was like, oh, I see that light that I was so attracted to. Yeah. And so then that just kind of we, we reminded ourselves as to why we were invested in the first place and continue to grow from there. And I think that's key. Right. And like. I mean, because I'm hearing your story and I've been married for how many years now? 16. Oh, I already failed the test. I'm going to hear about this. But no, it's been a minute, right, since yeah. I've been married. And and it's not easy. Like, uh, you need to meet Alyssa. Like, you say that both of you are alphas. Alyssa, <laughs> both of us are alphas. Yeah. And and it's a, it, it can be a clash. It can be a, a it can be a clash. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But I think you hit on something and both of y'all kind of talked about it where y'all said, but we made a choice to be together and we understood that we wanted to make this to work. Like yeah. there was that was the, you know, you're on paths, you completely get off course, you start running into walls. But guess what? You know that the destination ends with uh, you guys being together. Right? right. So I think that that's key. It's subtle. Like in those moments, right at the heat of the moment. Like you got to let feelings do whatever feelings are going to do. And you're going to figure out a way to talk about it. But it, you get to that point where you're like, well, I'm not leaving. Well, you're not leaving and we're not leaving. So let's figure this out. Right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, place to yeah, certainly that, be at. Because that next step, like it, it really depends on the frame of mind that you're in. Because 
if you're having a discussion, argument, fight, whatever you want to call it, with the idea of like, hey, I can walk away at any moment I want. Like, we're not engaged at this point. It's just boyfriend and girlfriend. We happen to be roommates. It is what it is. I can move out and, and we call it that. But that was never an option. And so we got to where we're, I mean, eventually we got to a point where we were going to both go our different ways. But when we started getting those big fights, like it was never a an option of saying, you know what, I'm going to go my different way. And you figure out your life, I'll figure out mine. It was always a, we need to figure this out because we want to be together. Yeah. And even though there's an influence where we follow and they always say, is it's are we going to make up or break up? And again, when you do it that extreme, again, like all the stupid silliness or again, like the tiffs, like, you know, that you're just fighting over nothing. It's like, it's not really worth breaking up over this. So obviously we just need to figure out a way to get over it or through it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are in a different place now, right? So you, 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 you well, you're going to put a ring on it. Oh, there's, a ring. There's, there's a ring, a ring. on there. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> I forgot. Is it that mean engagement or anyways? Yeah. So yeah, so there's a ring there. I'm right? about to get a ring. You're about to get a ring. Yeah. You're about to put a ring on it. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, he has a collar for sure. <laughs> <He's> got- <laughs> That's what we call it. That's so, what we call so you guys are in a different place now, right? Like you guys have done some growing in your relationship, but there is an aspect still that I kind of want to explore of this management of dual careers. Like, right, you're still, Fernando, you're progressing in your engineering career, mm-hmm. right? It's been in one place, but I'm sure you have goals and, and you also are into other stuff, right? Real estate and things that you want to do. And Brian, you're also doing this nonprofit thing. And what does that look like? And a whole bunch of other things that you're also want, wanting to do. So now you're a couple, right? You can't make choices independent of each other, or mm-hmm. you could, but maybe it doesn't work out. So how do y'all manage that? Like, is there ever, uh, yeah, how do you manage that? How do you manage, Is I don't know if priorities is the right word, but is there any ever any clashing of, of like who's on first or who's going to progress? Like, what's that like? I think it's, uh, and that's throwing like, uh, I guess, financial terminology but like the ROI in both of them I think that's kind of the way I see things I'm very like detail oriented as far as like the planning goes and so from the dual dual perspective you know we had that conversation when she went to the nonprofit world was hey what is the career mobility or upper mobility look like in the nonprofit world what does you know this look like what does that look like and so we just kind of weigh out the pros and cons and if she's able to do whatever she wants to do then let's let's go on with it right um, if we end up having to take a few steps here or there to kind of put things on pause, then that's that. But as far as like their career goes, uh, I think it's a lot of it about risk mitigation, risk management, uh, I guess stress management. Um, I'm a lot more conservative when it comes to finances, when it comes down to um, different opportunities. You know, Brianne's more about like, well, we'll just, we'll just figure it out. Taking um, risks. Taking risks for sure. And so I, I think that's kind of how, how we go about it is. You know, I kind of want to be the, and again, I don't know if it's just my upbringing or, or because I'm Hispanic or I'm a man or whatever the case is. But like to me, I just want to be the core of the relationship, right? I want to be the one that she can do whatever, she's going to be like the cherry on top, right? As long as I can take care of, of the family, of whatever we're trying to accomplish, she can do whatever she wants. She doesn't want to work. She doesn't have to work. She doesn't want to pursue this. She doesn't have to pursue that. Um, and so I think she, in the relationship wise, like the dual career is I want to be that strong foundation and then she can add whatever she wants to add. And I'm comfortable with her taking whatever risk she wants to take. And so I think that kind of helps us out a lot more because I know she's willing to always be there on my side to say, you know what, if you're going through some stuff, you know, we'll have to figure out. And, you know, if you need to go somewhere else, you go somewhere else. But I know that she's going to look out for me as well. But I think that kind of helps us out a lot as well is is I'm comfortable with just her doing whatever she needs to do. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it is, again, the respecting the differences because he is the slow and steady, right? Like I said, that conscientiousness, that foundation, like he's just solid. 
Um, and to me, like, I don't like that's not me at all. So it's funny because I say like I didn't even think I could like be with one person for the rest of my life because I like newness so much. You know, I like new adventures, um, but because he's such a full rounded person. And again, he allows me to be myself. I don't ever feel limited. And so it's really interesting, again, even just to hear him say it, because I feel like, again, he is that slow, steady, you know, just stream rolling along. And I'm like the ping pong all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, but that's what that that's our differences. But it does give us that strength. Um, and then I think, too, he had mentioned ROI. And I know he said the financial stuff first. But when we do the ROIs, we actually talk about like the whole person. Right. So we all we all know about and we all nerd out about the wheel of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we you know, we did a whole assessment. And funny enough, we talk about this in our like personal brands, but we actually do quarterly couple retreats. So the same way that we like train our chapters and train, you know, like uh, entrepreneurs or business owners, um, you know, really just stop and take time to assess, to work on the business, not in the business. And so we do that with our relationship. We work on our relationship, not in it. Um, And it makes a huge difference. So every year on New Year's, like we'll do a big retreat where we and even some this year was just in our apartment. Um, and we just sat there and we, you know, we pick like a big, um, I guess like an activity last year was thinking grow rich where we asked ourselves the question the year before was Warren Buffett's 25 things you want to do and only pick the top five. Um, but we, it really just kind of helps us gauge what are you looking for? Like, where do you feel like your you know next step is or that next growth opportunity? And so then we're very much on the same page. And then that's where our accountability comes in. But because we take that time to really get to understand each other and even New Year's Eve, we were like in tears, really opening up and saying like, hey, we're digging deeper, you know, like we've done the work, but we're not done. Um, and hell, it was like, what, two and a half, three hour conversation. Um, yeah. But it, but it really just took us to the next level of like, it almost felt like a release, a, a huge relief of sigh, like, oh, OK, like we're good. Right. Like it, it was kind of starting to build up. And again, it's it's why we do these things. You know, a lot of his expectations. Right. I think uh, from a dual pers- dual relationship or not dual relationship in a relationship dual career um, is expectations. Like you know, I talk about this in, the, in a workshop that I gave this weekend was uh, we talk about the me like the, the myself and the we right and the question that I ask students and professionals to ask themselves is what are people asking of you and I think in this relationship I put all of these different standards and all of these different responsibilities and I think Brienne wants of me and she doesn't want any of those things. And so when we have these quarterly retreats, when we have these discussions, I'm like, I thought you wanted me to do this. And I thought you wanted me to do that. And I thought you were expecting me to sacrifice this and this for that. She's like, no, bro. Like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm it's not, not that serious. It's not that serious. I'm not asking you. And so I'm like, okay. And so that's kind of why the emotional, like just the relief, right? Of being able to say, okay, I, I think I'm putting too much on my plate. Nobody asked me of this. Yeah, it helps us recalibrate. And I think I, I like I love what you said about you got to work on the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So people see these things work and they see successful marriages or partnerships and and they say and I've heard people say like, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it's like, well, there's yeah. some of that, but you got to do the work. And I'm hearing yeah. you guys talk about your quarterly retreats and like, so listen, I there's a couple of things that we do uh, and, and where we take off. Like, you know, we did it as a matter of fact, it was during uh, during, during the New Year's uh, break, like my mother-in-law was in town and we just jumped in the car and we're, we said we're going to just drove. Yeah. Right. And we drove out and just the two of us and we talked out about, hey, where are we at? What do we want to accomplish this year? And then we talked about each individual kid and we went as far as we could. We stopped, turned around, came back. Like I literally I think we ended up making it from Houston, from spring to like San Angelo or some random oh, town wow. in 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 West Texas. 
We got there in time to watch a movie, <laughs> ate some dinner, went to the hotel, woke up, and then continued the conversation all the way back. And it was That's a, yeah. it was like a strategic thing that we need to do to get away. Mm-hmm. We've also tried to take trips by ourselves without the kids. And then one thing that we like instituted in our marriage very early on was boundaries with our kids. Mm-hmm. Like you have, we love, I love my kids, but like I, I chose your mom. I was blessed with you. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and it's, it, and it takes a little, it's, It sounds like it's the same, but it's not, right? Like there was a conscious choice there. And to me, now my kids are here as a blessing. But like I got to fall, like I got to remember where this thing started. I didn't start off like, oh, I need a baby machine. That's not where it started, (laughs) right? Like I want it, like I want one of those. Like you said earlier, (laughs) like I want one of those. And and so now you you, you have to foster that. So like we have very deliberate, like even throughout the week, like we'll say, okay, it's Friday night. And okay, we're gonna hang out with the kids, but after a while, like there's the whole upstairs floor disappear. It's time for your mom and I to hang out, mm-hmm. and we tell that to our kids, and and we think it's healthy. Like they need to know that. I see too many parents like kill themselves over their kids, and like it's a thousand percent about their kids. I don't think it needs to be that way. You kind of need to remember where you started. So, anyways, I just love the way you guys are saying like you have to work on the relationship, not just like be in it, right? Oh, for sure. And just on that note too, I, I think again. <clears throat> Props to you and Alyssa for doing that. I think a lot of um, kids don't grow up understanding that, right? So Fernando and I, again, like we grew up with single moms. So it's really important for us to say like our kids, if we choose to have them, like we'll understand like what a working relationship looks like. And again, like, hey, you're going to have to fend for yourself from time to time because like mommy and daddy need a mommy and daddy time, you know? So I think when kids grow up seeing a working relationship that it does take work, they have a different expectation of their relationships in life. So again, just props to you guys hearing that. I was like, that's beautiful. We're very open because we're also like, they see us fight, but then they also see us make up they also see me say i was wrong they also say you know see me like you know get talked off the ledge by Alyssa. like it's not just one way right and i think having a daughter also puts me in that space like i want her to like not feel like subjected you know what i mean like to be in a partnership not just uh not just uh i don't know what i'm trying to say there but like you know not not feel like she has to not be herself right right and Mm -hmm. and to see that it's okay her mom speaks up her mom is an awesome example and I can see her going that way because and, and I think it's awesome for them to see some of these things as opposed to completely shielding the kids away from it. We got off topic. We're talking about kids now. No, this is live. This is great. <laughs> but we're, but we're talking about kids and so on. So let's start. Look, and I appreciate y'all being very honest and 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 you guys have like your own individual projects, like you said. Uh Brianne, your stuff, you go way deep into everything that, with a very open book. And the and you talking with Randy on your podcast, Fernando, y'all talk about some very real stuff too. So I encourage everybody to go over there and really get into the weeds on the details of some of this stuff. But now I kind of want to start switching gears a little bit, right? So we're here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, right? We're participating in RLDC Region 5, mm-hmm. 2020. Uh, so I kind of want to hit on, there, there was a couple of things that have been happening here during this event uh, that are kind of resonating with me. We've had some conversations at dinner, uh, and one of them is around that whole transition, right, from being a student and going into a professional, but more importantly, when you become a professional, not forgetting where you came from. Hey, thank you very much for having joined me for this part one 
uh, with uh, Brianna and, and Fernando. And look, next week I'll release part two. This was just that long of a conversation as we knew that it would be, but they stuck it out with me for what is an entire other episode. So I did decide to split it up. So please join us next week when we pick up this conversation and we start talking about what actually was transpiring in a couple topics during our LDC five in Baton Rouge. So uh, thank you again for listening. And I hope you complete listening to this wonderful story next week.